Let's go to the Lord again in prayer. Heavenly Father, again we approach Thy throne in the blood righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank You for Christ and His willingness to take our sins upon Him to fulfill the law in every aspect for us. We really don't know, or at least I can say for myself, how to really appreciate the death, burial, and resurrection or the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ for my wretched soul. I want to, and yet I still am that wretched man that Paul spoke about. That when I would do good, evil is present with me. And yet there is that law after the inward man that keeps us from running headlong over the precipice into ultimate destruction. We know there is your sovereignty, there is our responsibility. And we confess that sometimes we, in our sinfulness, would like to use your sovereignty as an excuse for our sinfulness, but we can't. And many times we sit before you as Job when he said that I have spoken too much and I will put my hand over my mouth. And we realize as you spoke to Job that often all we do is darken counsel with our so-called wisdom. And yet there is that salvation that you have worked within us that causes us to fight against the wiles of the devil, the wickedness of the world, the works of our own flesh, 
And we, as we've already said, long for the day when all of that will be put behind us. We live in a very wicked world. And I pray that you would bless us now as we study your word and hopefully get some insight in a way that we would be strengthened for the battle. Again, we pray for our nation. If you might have mercy upon us, pray for faithful men who pro proclaim the riches of Christ and uphold them and strengthen them by your power. We ask in Jesus' name, Amen. Coming back to 1 John chapter 2, we want to look at this, uh, begin looking this morning at verses 18 through 23. Last Lord's Day, we looked at loving not the world, and how that all that is in the world was the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, and that the world is passing away. But then in verse 18, Little children, it is the last time. And as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us, but they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. I have not written unto you because ye know not the truth, but because ye know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist that, de that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son... The same hath not the Father, but he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. Here again, this word little children is the, uh, the Greek word pideon, which is the little children that we found in verse 13. And if you will remember that in verse 12, when he said, I write unto you little children, that word is technion, and it is used, as we have seen, 
various ways, but mainly showing that it's talking about all of God's children, regardless of age, just a a designation of, of God's children. In fact, uh, let's look at that a little bit. In John 13, the Gospel of John, chapter 13, I know some of this is a little bit reviewing, but it's good. Little children, yet a little while I am with you, ye shall seek me, and as I said unto the Jews, whither I go, ye cannot come. So now I say, I say to you, there he's talking to all of God's children. Galatians 4. Galatians 4 and 19. My little children, of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. But then, the rest of them we want to look at is just see how this particular Greek word is used in 1 John. 1 John 2, verse 1, My little children, these things write I unto you that ye sin not. Verse 12, which we've already read, I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for His name's sake. Verse 28, And now, little children, abide in Him, that when He shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before Him at His coming. 1 John 3, 7, Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. And then in 1 John 4, 4, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And then in 5.21, last uh, verse of the First John, Little children, keep yourselves from idols. But this word, little children, in verse 18, as we've already said, is only used in First John two times, uh, it's used uh, 51 times throughout the New Testament. So, But uh, as we pointed out, this is talking about uh, not as we looked at it in verse 13, could be talking about a young individual or a babe in Christ. We, we looked at it from both perspectives that way. And this is the word that is used in verse 18. He's talking about uh, an infant, uh, the meaning of the word, or a half-grown boy or girl, figuratively, or an immature Christian. But here he's using this. In these verses, he's talking to uh, not mature Christians, but some that are immature, and letting them know that it is the last time. 
of this, Pink said, It is sad to see how little taken to heart are those words of Christ, Take heed what ye hear, as in Mark 4.24. Many professing Christians are as careless in this matter as ignorant children playing with sharp and dangerous weapons. And I think that's well said by Mr. Pink. Very few people really take uh, great heed to the Word of God. But he said, it is the last time. The last time. Now you will remember from our previous studies, uh, I forget, I think we did it in uh, when we went through the book of Revelation. We may have done it uh, in some of the other books, but studied and showed the difference between the last days, plural, and the last day. And generally speaking, when you look throughout the Scriptures, when it's talking about the last day, singular, it's talking about the day of the coming of Christ. But when the last days is generally talking about the time that Christ first came until His second coming. So we're living in the last days. We're not living in the last day. We're living in the last days. But we cannot be that uh, specific with regard to the last times or the last time. And we're going to look at that uh, because uh, this, this distinction is not as clear. Uh, this last time versus last time, you only find that about four times uh, in the Scriptures. First of all, First Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 5 Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. And that seems to possibly be talking about when the Lord returns, but it could be inclusive of now because in 1 Peter still chapter 1 in verse uh, 20 who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world but was manifested in these last times for you. Now it seems to be here there may be a distinction where in verse 5 it's talking about when the Lord returns and in verse 20 it's talking about this age that we're living in uh, now. You say, well, uh, maybe we can hang our hat on that. 
But let's uh, here we see in First John, verse eighteen, he says, "It is right now the last time singular." It doesn't use a plural. So this word time can be used either way. And then in uh, uh, Jude, uh, we see it in verse 18. In Jude 18, Now that they told you there should be mockers in the last time, singular, who should walk after their own lust. That's talking about uh, how it is now. So while there can, uh, with much validity, make a distinction between the last day and the last days, uh, that's not always as clear with the last time or times. And But in, anyway, First uh, John 2.18 says that right now, it is the last time. If it had been the last time, meaning when the Lord comes back, when John wrote that, he would have already been back, uh, returned. Because he would have come back in John's day. But we're living in the last time or last times, however you want to uh, say that. Again, I would re- uh, uh, make a note uh, reading from Pink. So mightily and revolutionizing the change effected by the advent of God's Son that henceforth time, I thought this was a good statement, time is measured more by events than by duration. In other words, the events that we're living in are descriptive of the times in which we are living, not necessarily... uh, 2023. In other words, we're living in 2023, but uh, all ever since uh, the days of the apostles, we've also been living in the last time. It was in John's day. We're living in the last time today. You know, there's a lot of... of uh, Much said in eschatology about, well, are we living in the last time? Is uh, you know, is, are, is Christ going to come back in our day, and and we're living when Christ's going to come back? Well, we've been living in that last time ever since the Lord's been here. Now, I believe there will be a manifestation of Antichrist that we haven't seen before. But Antichrist has been here ever since the Lord's been here. In fact, we probably could say, I didn't get uh, do much more studying in, in this in detail, but we could probably say without uh, reservation uh, 
really, that Antichrist has been around ever since the Garden of Eden. Antichrist has been around ever since the Garden of Eden. But Antichrist shall come. Antichrist shall come. First of all, let's just look at some verses before we try to get uh, more descriptive of Antichrist itself. Second Thessalonians. Second Thessalonians chapter two. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto Him. In other words, the the saints at Thessalonica were somewhat concerned about uh, when Christ would come back. Not only from 1 Thessalonians, but also from 2 Thessalonians, they, from Paul's writing, uh, they kindly thought that the Lord's going to come back in their day. But he said here in verse 1, he's, he's giving the subject of Second Thessalonians 2. He's talking about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he's talking about our being gathered together with Christ. He said, that you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Now, uh, I'm not going to try to uh, explain all of this. Uh, that would take too much time and too, much, too many details, plus the fact there's different ideas and opinions about all of this. But this much we can say. People say the Lord could come back any time. From our perspective, that's true. Because we don't know when. But from God's perspective, He cannot come back at any time. Notice it said in verse 3, let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Whatever that is, whatever that man of sin is, whatever that son of perdition is, 
Some, you know, it's been everything from uh, the Pope to Mussolini to Hitler, other world leaders, uh, to something that's going to come come uh, be made manifest in the future. There's been all kinds of interpretations as to what it is. But that's got to happen first before the Lord returns. There's got to be a falling away. We have seen a falling away in our day. But if you study history and the history of Christianity, you'll find in ages before us there have been falling aways. I remember reading, I don't remember who it was now, but it was one of the writers in the 1700s and probably I've read it more than once by various men uh, that claimed, you know, in their day, it was so bad, uh, I believe here in, in America, in the early days at one time, the, were, one of the writers said there were more atheists atheistic societies than there were churches. Verse 4. Falling away, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Whatever that temple is. Some people think God, that God's going to have the temple rebuilt. Well, I don't think so. They think that's what it is. Some think that it's uh, in the temple of God is talking about just Christianity in general. Some think that it's talking about the Pope in the Catholic Church. But there's something going to take place, I think, very visibly. You say, well, uh, explain it to us. I don't think we're going to be able to see it necessarily until it happens. You say, well, you could be wrong. I could be. I think that's a, a lot of the book of Revelation is that a way. When it happens, we'll see it. When it, when it happens, we'll, we'll understand it then. Just like the coming, many of the prophecies of the Lord Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. How could a suffering servant of Isaiah 53. How could, it be, how could it he be the king that reigns in righteousness? You know, how, how could all of these be one and the same? But after the Lord come, we, we see how some of that is fulfilled. Verse 5. Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things? Paul said, I've already told you this. Don't you remember? 
Paul had some of the problems we preachers today have. Sometimes people would ask us things that we've already preached it, you know, a dozen times. We said, well, didn't you remember that? And we preachers shouldn't be surprised at it because uh, <laughs> there have been times uh, during the week after the Lord's Day, somebody said, well, what would you preach on Sunday? <laughs> I couldn't even remember myself what I preached on. <laughs> I just went blank there for a moment. Anyway, <clears throat> but verse 6, But now ye know... I wish I knew what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. There's something that's keeping all of this from happening. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of, out of the way. And then shall that wicked, or we might say that wicked one be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusions and so on and so forth. But without reading the rest of that, you can see that something's going to come in, in the future. John said, Antichrist shall come. Not only are there Antichrists now, and we'll talk more about that as we go on, but Antichrist shall come. Look at Daniel chapter 7. I think this is talking about the same thing. And I'm just going to read a couple of three verses. Daniel 7, first of all, verses 7 and 8. After this I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, Dreadful and terrible and strong exceedingly. And it had great iron teeth. It devoured and break in pieces and stamped the residue with the feet of it. And it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it. And it had ten horns. In other words, this beast is different from all the other beasts. What were the other beasts? The Babylonian Empire, the Medo-Persian Empire, the Grecian Empire. And some think this is the Roman Empire, but I think uh, this is something other that may be somewhat similar to it. But this is a beast that is different from all the others. Verse 8, I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another little horn, before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. 
In other words, there were ten horns. Three of them were plucked up. And in the middle of those three that were plucked up, another horn came up in the middle. And behold, in his horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and the mouth and a mouth speaking great things. I think this it may be that Antichrist. Verse 21. I beheld the same horn made war with the saints and prevailed against them until the Ancient of Days came and judgment was given to the saints and so on. But without... Uh, in other words, there's something, there's a, there's a horn, there's a, that little horn made war with the saints until the Lord returned. In other words, it's talking about Antichrist. Not only in the day in which we live, but shall come. There'll be more manifest maybe than it is now. Let's look at Revelation chapter 12. Revelation 12, verse 3. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head. Chapter 13, verse 1. I'm just leaving. I'm just trying to hit some highlights. And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea. I think this is from Daniel 7, the Antichrist. Having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horn ten crowns, and upon his head the name of blasphemy. Verse 11, And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. And then verse 18, Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred threescore and six. Now, whatever all of that means, it means something is coming. Not only are they, not only is Antichrist now, but Antichrist shall come. That's what John said here in in uh, verse eighteen of First John two. He said. As ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists, whereby ye know that it is the last time. Antichrist shall come. Now, Antichrist can be interpreted in two ways. One, a false Christ. That would be a 
Someone literally that was coming in the stead of Christ. Like in Matthew 24. I'll read a couple of verses there. Matthew 24, uh, 5 and Matthew 24, 24. Matthew 24, 5. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Then verse 24, For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonder, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. You see, I don't know a lot about what all is going to happen, but I believe God and the elect are not going to be deceived. In fact, Revelation 13.8 and Revelation 17.8 says that the elect will not bow down to the beast nor the false prophet. So that's one way you have a, an antichrist is someone that professing to be Christ himself. The second way he is someone that is an adversary of Christ. In other words, it's somebody that is against Christ. He's an antichrist. And so, it's somebody that uh, claiming to belong to Christ and really, he's not. And he denies the Son. And somebody that's acting like that he's Christ, like the Pope does. The Pope professes to be uh, God on earth. And so, we won't get off into all of that. But he opposing Himself is the word in Second Thessalonians two four. He opposeth himself to all that is called God. Now, as we said, Antichrist is here already. Antichrist is here already. I'm not going to reread some of these verses, but first of all, verse eighteen. And then in verse 22 of 1 John uh, chapter 2, 1 John 2, Who is a liar, but he that denieth Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Everybody who denies Jesus as being the Christ, he is Antichrist. And everyone that denies God, he's Antichrist. Pretty strong language, isn't it? And yet this is what the Scriptures plainly declare. 
In 1 John chapter 4 and verse 3, Every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus is come in the flesh is not of God, and this is that spirit of Antichrist. Whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. Antichrist. Second John, verse 7. For many deceivers are entered into the world who confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. This is, this is a deceiver and an antichrist. I will go back to 2 Thessalonians 2 and remind you of verse 7. And for the mystery of iniquity already work, only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then Second Timothy chapter two. Verse seventeen and eighteen. And their word will eat as doth a canker, of whom is Hymenaeus and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already, and overthrow the faith of some. So you can really see that in the day in which we live, our whole uh, educational political and economic system is antichrist because it's all against the truth of the scriptures and so we're you can easily see how this antichrist is here uh, in our verse here in uh, 1 John 2.18 clearly declares that there are many, many Antichrists now. Not just one, but many. And like I said, I believe there is to be a full-blown manifestation of Antichrist that is to come before the finalization of all things. But the same force and the same spirit of Antichrist is here in our day and age right now. Same force, same spirit. I like what uh, Kenneth Weiss said. He said, What will be true of the personal Antichrist when he comes is true of these men in a seller sense or in a lesser degree. They are imbued with the spirit that will animate Antichrist.
You know, people talk about unbelievers and how they're you know they're just they're just unbelievers and well they are of antichrist they are of the whole system of this world that is contrary to the kingdom of god aw pink said in order to spiritual perception, there must be a steadfast refusal to follow the ways of the world. Error always flourishes most in the soil of worldliness, and it is there that the Antichrist meet with success. The whole of the entertainment industry is nothing but Antichrist. Is nothing but Antichrist. The whole of the entertainment industry is nothing but Antichrist. And it's easy to be caught up into it. You can see a progression in the entertainment industry of how more and more uh, entertainment is contrary to the truth of Scripture. Well, I don't want to get off on that hobby horse, I guess. Most people think I'm on it too much anyway. Anyway, verse 19. They went out from us. Who is it that went out from us? Those that were caught up of the anti-Christian system. Those that were caught up in the system of Antichrist. Now, I may not get to this this morning, uh, but I do want to say this. Before I go any further, because there's things that a lot of, I'm going to bring out, I think John was talking about mainly those that were of the Gnostics in the day in which he was writing against those individuals that thought they knew things beyond uh, the norm. And while this is talking about people that totally throw off Christianity and go out into the world or or go back to the world maybe, however you want to say that. But at the same time, and we have used it here, when people have left us for another religion, or another denomination that they went out from us because they were not of us. If they had been of us, they would have continued with the gospel that is preached here and not go after another gospel. They would have followed the same practice 
and that we practice here in the same faith. But they left for one reason or another. Now, I'm not talking about people that uh, maybe had to move because of jobs and things of that nature. But I'm talking about people that just said, uh, well, uh, we're going somewhere else. And they follow another gospel. Now, I know a lot of times they say, well, uh, they believe the doctrines of grace too. But if you look at their articles of faith, most of them are Fullerites in one degree or another. And I'm not going to go off into that. And so we have used this verse as to why we took their names off the book. They went out from us. They were not of us. They wanted the company of somebody else. It might have been the people of their own age. It might have been things of that nature. So this verse has been used by us not only in a... Uh, lesser degree not necessarily uh, because of somebody that's gone off after Antichrist per se though it has been used of some that have obviously their lives by the way they live they went off after the Antichristian system so I want to make that statement uh, and I'll make it again this afternoon but I wanted to clarify that uh, this morning. And so obviously, those who deny Jesus as being the Christ are of Antichrist and are not of the congregation. And there are some that used to be here that not only has denied Christ, they denied the very God that we serve and call Him a mystic God. Dangerous. Dangerous. And such who walk away from and leave the house of God and the truth of the gospel are included in this. And those like the Gnostics in John's day, those that leave, they say, well, what we know, uh, we know better than you do. We've got more insight. We've got more light. Or we've got more liberty. Or we know more about the Bible than you do. I've even had that said to me. Can you imagine it? And so they think they know more than the congregation. And they're willing to go off to their own worship or where they can change and fit or find a place where they can finally fit in with their own inner light. Let's read some others. Read about some others. 2 Timothy chapter 3.
2 Timothy chapter 3. Verses 5 and 7. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy 4 1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. I should have read this while I was there back in 2 Timothy chapter 4. Verse 10. For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica. Love this present world. John 6, the Gospel of John. Chapter 6. Verse 66. From that time many of His disciples went back and walk no more with Him. That's just an overall description of people that follow the anti-Christian system. They walk away from the truth of the Gospel and from Christ Himself and from His house. Well, we'll look at uh, some more verses that forewarn about this this afternoon. I've got too many of them to look at them this morning. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, help us from being self-righteous and think we are better than others. For if it had not been for Your grace and mercy, we too would have walked away a long time ago. But help us not to take it for granted and keep us by Your grace and Your power. And for those that have gone astray and followed after the system of Antichrist. Those that we know, would you not have mercy and change their hearts, O God? And if we're caught up in it in any way, open our understanding and grant us repentance. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.